Hi, I'm Anthony Sharon, pastor of First Assembly of God of Greater Lansing, better known as GL First. I hope this message connects you to God's Word and His vision for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. I'm uh, Pastor Anthony, and uh, I am the pastor of this amazing church. Man, I love having a youth pastor. Like, I do. They bring their own cheering section and everything, and it's, it's awesome. It is awesome. We are in week three of Love Wins, okay? Uh, we started on Easter. We talked about how the love of Christ can win over our lives, can um, one at the, the cross beat death. And we asked the simple question, if, if Jesus can beat death and defeat death, is there anything harder than that in your life? I don't think so. So he can do it. Whatever it is, it is in your life. He can do it. Okay? And then last week we talked about our past. It is hard for us to get past our past. But when he died on that cross, he did something. He broke us from the, the chains that hold us in place, the things that hold us back, the guilt, the shame, all of that. He broke that in one simple act. Again, simple does not mean easy, okay? And then today we're talking about the present, today, right now. See, our goal here at GL First is this. I, I've been praying about this and going, okay, Lord, what is it that you have me for on this earth? And it's, it's very simple. My goal is that I want to see all of you, all of you online, I want to see you fulfill your God-given potential. And, I, and I, I think that the thing that's holding us back is us. Okay? It really is. It's, it's up here. We, we always talk about the enemy, but I believe that the biggest enemy that we have is right here. All, all the devil, do you understand all the devil has to do is just whisper to you? And then that, that, that seed just gets kind of get planted in your mind. And then it starts taking root. And it starts taking over your life. How many of you guys want to break free? I want to break free. I want to live my full potential. Not, not later. Now. I want to do it now. And so I've got a couple things, a couple thoughts uh, before we get started, I, I want you to just kind of grasp and hear everything through these kind of thoughts, okay? And the first thought is this. The decisions I make today determine who I will be tomorrow. Think about that. It's deep. But it's so simple. It's so true. What you do today determines your tomorrow. And the only thing you can control is yourself in this motion, okay? And here's the other thing I want, to, I want you to understand, too. God's mercy has given me the chance to die to myself and come alive in him. What do we say that the, 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 the biggest enemy that we have is what? Us. Okay? And so this, this phrase, die to yourself, we talk about it a lot. It's, it's one of those Christianese uh, speaks things, you know, and die to yourself. We, we, we got to die to ourselves. We got to carry our cross, you know, and we got to march up that hill. Well, here's the reality is that dying to self is, is really God's mercy. It, it's his mercy. And he's given me the ability to do this and so that I can live in him. Because he's the one that is taking residence right here in our hearts. So our goal today is to help you determine the current patterns in your life that are destructive and replace them with better ways of living. How many of you guys know that there's a better way of living? Right now, today, there's a better way of living. No matter where you're at on the, on, on, on the wisdom scale, on the economic scale, on the look scale, on the health scale, it, there is a better way of living. Your life can get better. And if it can't, I mean, really, you've got to believe that it can because that's, that's what's going to keep you breathing. 
Because if you lose hope, man, then you've lost your life. You've lost it. And we need to come back alive in Christ. I, uh, I was talking to Grandma Helen. You guys know Grandma Helen. And I, and I promised I would quote her properly. Try. <laughs> She's been ordained for, what, over 60 years? And so she drops these little knowledge nuggets on me all the time, you know? And, um, and so she said this. She says, uh, yesterday is the past. Tomorrow is the future. Today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. That do good? <laughs> Helen Chafee. Okay, that's, that's good stuff. All right. It is. It's a gift. Today is a gift. Yet we don't live it to the fullest. A lot of us are stuck in our past, stuck in our thoughts, stuck in the, the cycle of, of garbage that is going on in our minds. The things that have, um, the decisions that we have made in our past haunting us constantly. Some of us are stuck in our future. All we can see is, oh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I can do that tomorrow. I can get to here tomorrow. Oh, when tomorrow comes, I'm going to do this. Yet we forget about the present. The present, the gift that God has given us right now. Every breath is a gift. Especially now. Look at this last year. I know it's been hard for everybody. We've been praying for people in the hospital we, we, I got reports today, two more people, two more families actually uh, coming down with COVID. One is in the hospital and, and has double pneumonia and COVID. I mean, that's scary stuff. Man, we are living in some precious times. And so every breath that we get is a gift. It really is. Today, we're going to focus our uh, attention in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Let me just uh, read that real quick to you. Verse 1 says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern that what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So that's what we're going to focus today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we begin. Lord, we come to you right now and we ask that you would help love win over our current circumstances, our current mindsets, our current home situation, work situations, Lord, I pray that your love wins over our lives right now. We know that you died on that cross so that our past sins could be forgiven, but the reality is that all sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future. And now there's something for us to do in that, in that space, Lord. And so, Father, I pray that you start to remove guilt, that you start to remove shame, that you start to implant uh, vision, that you start to uh, just impart mission on people's lives, that you start to speak life into people's hearts, into their mindsets. Father, I pray that everybody right now would start to begin to live life to its fullest, in their current state. Father, we asked that you would help us all to realize and to live out our God-given potential. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so welcome. So as we, um, as we go, we believe that God has you here for a reason. I believe that. And I don't believe that you walked into this place on accident. I don't believe you tuned in on accident. I believe that if you're watching, if you're um, sitting here, that, that God wants to transform your current uh, situation. He wants to transform your today. Your today, right now. 
your Sunday, your Sunday, I, I pray that after you leave this place that you will open your eyes to all of the things that God has for you. We pray you experience God in a fresh and new way today. That's so important. Don't rely on anybody else's faith. Grab your own. Own your faith. That's something you're responsible for. The things you do right now. Like I said, we're in the middle of a series called Love Wins. We began it on Easter, discovering um, that though Jesus was mocked by being called uh, King of the Jews, the clearest proof of his authority was not in avoiding the cross, but in defeating the cross and resurrecting from the dead. Last week, we encouraged um, you to know that when we are united in Christ through faith in him, we become a new creation. We become a new thing. New. The world is so um, attached to bigger, better, brighter you know, the new thing, the new thing. Well, here's the reality. You should be excited about yourself because you are a new creation. You are the new iPhone model. Unless you're an Android person, then I guess you can be a little angry about that, right? Because you're still the new iPhone model, right? I'm telling you, man, God loves you so much. Our past no longer defines who we are. I told you last week, you know, I'm not, I don't have to be a felon because I come from a line of felons. I don't have to be a murderer because I come from a line of murderers. I don't have to be a thief because I came from a line of thieves. I don't have to be these things. I'm not defined by that. I'm defined by what the Lord has implanted right here in this in this. Now, I love my lineage. I love what my family and, and everything about them, good, bad, and the ugly. I do. You know, we, we have great barbecues, but I don't have to be defined by any of that. My past has been cut free. It's been cut free. I can be who God created me to be. Do you believe that today? I can actually be who God created me to be. That is an empowering thing. If you get nothing out of today at all, write that down. I can be what God has told me I can be. And say it to yourself in the mirror. Empower yourself to live out all of the things that God wants for you. You got to do that. Don't wait for somebody else to do that. Too many of us are waiting for our spouses to say the right thing, waiting for our kids to say the right thing, waiting for uh, our co-workers to say the right things, boyfriends, girlfriends, teachers. Oh, please recognize this in me. No, no, no. You need to recognize it. You need to look in the mirror and you need to speak it very clear. You got to do it. You got to do it. And today, as we continue in this series, by taking a look at how love wins over our present because of God's great mercy, we can live lives that honor him. How many of you guys want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord? What's stopping you? What's stopping you? You. You are stopping you, aren't you? The decisions you make really do affect the way you receive God, the way you receive people, the way you receive yourself. When we were kids, um, you guys remember the game Simon Says? Is anybody good at it? I was horrible at this game. I don't know why. I don't... Like I, I, now, I, I wasn't just horrible at listening, but I was horrible at giving the instruction too, okay? I used to play this when I was a children's pastor with the kids, and I'd be like, man, I say the command's too slow, and I just don't get it. So anyways, I'm going to try it today. We're going to try to play this game. If you're at home, we're going to use the honor system, okay? There's no prizes, just a little bit more pride, I guess, in yourself if you can 
beat good old Simon here, I guess. That's me. All right? So, you guys down to play a little Simon Says for a second? Okay? Have a little fun, right? Okay, here we go. Whew. You guys know the rules. You only do something after Simon Says. Very simple. Very simple. Okay? All right, here we go. All right, let's... Uh, Simon Says, clap your hands. Simon Says, stop. You guys just stopped all by yourself. I mean, who claps just once? That's ridiculous. Could you imagine the worship team up here rocking it out and all you guys going? Like this must be some like new wave stuff, right? Because all of you did it at the same time. I told you I'm horrible at this game. Maybe it's me, but I doubt it. Okay, we're going to start over. (laughs) All right, Simon says, um, where are we at? Clap your hands. There you go. We keep going, right? Simon says, stop. You guys knew that was coming. Simon says, blink your eyes. Simon says, stop. You can be normal, I guess. See, that's why I'm not horrible at this game. I'm like, stop blinking. Everybody's like... (laughs) I just can't stop. My eyes are on fire. Simon says, stomp your feet. Simon says, stop. Simon says, look up and down. Stop. Oh, oh, busted, busted. Who lost? You guys are not defined by your past. You're not losers. Okay? All right, we're all done. We're, that's it. That's all I wanted to do. You guys can all stop. Simon says stop. Simon says be normal. Do whatever normal people do in church. <laughs> Sit there and be totally silent. Mean mugging the pastor as he speaks. Simon didn't say. All right. Oh, man. Listening to instructions and doing what they say is... Two separate acts, not very easy when put together, right? I mean, I, I try to, anybody ever look at their kids and go, why can't you just do what I say? Right? And you, you go crazy because you're like, it's so simple. I just told you to put your underwear on. That's it. Just put your underwear on. Pull them all the way up. Please, for the love of God, pull your underwear up. And my 19-year-old still doesn't get it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm totally joking about that. <laughs> that was a four-year-old problem. <laughs> oh, man. Here's the thing. And Simon says, just like in life, you have a choice. You can either choose to do what the instruction said, or you can choose to do what you want to do. In this holds this whole dynamic, this whole thing that is very hard for us because in this lies this thing called free will. You have been given free will, meaning you are free to make the choices you want to make. And nobody's going to stand in your way. I mean, maybe a little jail sentence, whatever, right? Depending on what it is you're trying to do. Anyways, Here's the thing. It, life is kind of like this test because we all have been given a will of our own. And because we've been given this will of our own, we are constantly in battle with the Lord's instructions and our instructions. Call it our interpretations, call it our obedience. Obedience is such a, a dirty word in, in our society today. Right? Be obedient. I will not. I will do what I want to do. It's my right. <laughs> okay. You're still living in my house. Like, <laughs> like you have no rights yet. You, do you know that freedom isn't free? I've said it many times. They get cost. And, and all you have to do, if you don't have kids, look at your parents. They paid for you to, to, to be where you're at. 
They invested in you. It cost them something. If you have kids, you, are, you understand this fully because now you're paying for another life. For their freedom, you're paying for it. Freedom is not free. It's not. Every day we live, every single day, we have to make thousands and thousands of decisions. We are constantly having to weigh out the options. Well, if I do this, this will happen. If I do this, this will happen. That's a really intelligent way to do it. Most of us don't do that. Most of us have like this, we're already pre-wired, and so we just walk around acting without thinking. It's true, it's true, we do. We walk around acting without even thinking. You see, I think there's a lot of things that weigh into the factors of our decisions. There's Facebook, there's Twitter, um, there's our best friends. Um, all these things start weighing in, don't they? they, they everything that we wanna do, we are, put, we are bound with all this pressure. And I think we have more pressure in a decision today than they did 100 years ago. Because we have more information today than we've ever had. That might not be a great thing. That might not be a great thing. Because now you're being influenced by things that maybe you shouldn't be influenced by. Maybe you shouldn't be influenced by, right? God's love is the only thing that has our best interest at heart. Do you know that the people online, they don't have your best interest at heart? Do you know that our politicians don't have your best interest at heart? Now, some of you said, a lot of you say amen to that, but the crazy thing is, you had different people in mind when you said it. Some of you were thinking this way, some of you were thinking this way, I won't. But the reality is, is that none of them have your best interest at heart. A good ec ec uh, economist would say that every decision that you make, everything that you try to have done in life, you want to profit off of that decision in some way, form, fashion, or whatever. You want to win every single time. That, a good econ economist would say that. They, 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 they believe that you living a sacrificial life is totally impossible. They believe that. Because they say, no, 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 no. See, you, yeah, you'll live this sacrificial life, but you, you are doing it to gain something later. None of the people around you have your best interest at heart. That's what I'm trying to say. They don't. They don't. They, they, may, they may try. You may try. But it, that's not the way the world works. It's just not. All of these things and all of these influences crushing you, none of them have your best interest in mind. However, God's love has given us another option. Another option. And this is to listen to his voice in order to make the best decision possible right now. Right now, today, today. Which brings me to this point. My choices reveal who wins in my life. My choices, the choices that I make right now reveals who wins in my life. That's a deep statement. Have you ever just sat back and looked at a choice and tried to dissect it and go, hmm, I made this choice. Is that what the Lord told me to do or is that what I told me to do? Am I benefiting really in everything and every decision that I make? Man, we are some selfish people. We, all of us, the world, humans, you have skin on, you're probably a little selfish. Right? We are. And this is the point, is that living today, we have to get out of our own way. 
We have to start looking at our decisions and start thinking through them instead of just acting. We can't just react and act all the time and go through life like that. How many of you guys know that's not a good way to live? You know what that makes you? A puppet. Look at me, I got strings. Right? A little marionette puppet, like pulling his finger here. I don't know how they walk. I've never, I never had enough money to have a marionette puppet, but I thought that'd be... I did see Pinocchio and, you know... Look at me, I'm a real boy. No, you're not. You're still a puppet. You got all these strings on, man. You may look, you may feel like a real person, but you're, you're sitting there having all these strings pulled. A puppet. I don't want to be a puppet in my life. Right? I don't want to be that. Yet we're walking around letting other people dictate how we act, react, and go through life. My choices reveal who wins in my life. The things we do or not do show who we are listening to, who we're listening to. Our lives are largely made up of the decisions that we make. Do you know that? Your life right now behind you are all these decisions that you've made. And, and you are standing here today because of a decision you made earlier. Okay? Case in point, today, right? Alarm rings. You hit the snooze button a few times. You're like, I don't want to go. I got to go. I don't want to go. And then you decide, okay, I'm just going to go. You made a decision, and here you are. Give yourself a round of applause. Just kidding. <laughs> Others have made the decision on the other side. They said, I don't want to go. And they're like, mm, I'm not going. And they'll come up with all this stuff and be like, hey, Pastor Anthony, I'm sorry, man. I was tired. I had... Okay, me too. But I made the decision to be here. No pressure. Our past is a collection of wise or unwise choices that you made along the way. Now, we all like to think that we make wise choices, but we know that when we look behind us, we see a lot of unwise choices, don't we? Maybe. Anybody ever, like, speak and then step outside of themselves and go, no, don't say that. <laughs> if you did have one of those moments that was an unwise choice, and now you're paying for it. If we look back on those past decisions, who would we conclude was in charge? Who's in charge of your life? How many of those past decisions were a result of your obedience to God? Can you guys count those? Can you guys look back on your life and go, yes, I was obedient to God here, 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 and here, and now I'm here. How many of those choices were a result of obedience to our sinful desires or the voices of this world? How many of your decisions were because so-and-so said it with a microphone? The Apostle Paul has a lot to say about living uh, our lives under the influence of God, Okay rather than the influence of the world. Because he knew that, man, the world is going to continually tug, but you need to live countercultural and, and flow against the grain. Flow against it. That's not easy to do. It's exhausting. I had this t-shirt made up a long time ago, and I wish I would have worn it underneath this shirt because then I would have flashed it, but then that wouldn't be a good thing today because I didn't wear that shirt. But it says Christianity isn't for punks. This is a hard thing that we're doing. We are constantly walking against the grain. Anybody ever try to walk up an escalator that's going down? I'm not getting anywhere. This is a lot of work, right? But the minute you stop, what happens? All of a sudden, culture just takes you. The minute you stop being obedient to God, 
You don't stop in place. You're never in place. Life is like an escalator. Life is like one of those little tracks at the airport that walk for you. But the problem is that as the tracks are going this way, you need to go this way. And so you're constantly walking against the grain. And when you stop, that's life. When you stop being obedient to God, you don't just stop your progress. You start to degress. And so Paul understood this. He frequently focuses on this topic because as followers of Christ and people who have responded to the love of God, that love ought to win in our lives and rule over our decisions. Often, though, that's not the case. Look at Romans 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. That means he's talking to us. He's saying, man, I appeal to you. Please stop what you're doing. Look. By the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. There's a couple thoughts here. One, uh, how many of you guys thought what you did this morning before church was worship? It was a form, but look at this, look at this. This is so crazy that what Paul is telling me is that, hey, your obedience to God is your spiritual worship. That's your worship when you actually listen to him and do what he says. That is your worship. That's the one he receives the most. And that's the the one we get the most out of. And Paul begins by saying that every instruction he is about to give must be seen through a specific lens. In order to fully grasp the new way of living in the present, we have to see all of life in a certain way. He comments, his comments cannot be appreciated in any other thing. A couple of years ago before Corona hit, anybody remember life before Corona? You can go to the movies. You could ride in a car with other people. You could ride a bus. You could fly places. It was crazy. Like I try, I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna tell my four-year-old, but like there was this thing called the movie theater and the mall, and we could eat around other people, and they had buffets, and you just walk up to this thing and grab food and throw it on your plate. But then Corona. And now we eat at home. You over there, me over here. <laughs> and we don't talk anymore. There used to be this thing called hugs and handshakes. We don't do that anymore. Now we just give a head nod from across the room. <laughs> More on that later. So we, we, before Corona, Christine and I, we decided uh, we got an invitation from Convoy of Hope to go to New York, okay? And so we, uh, we went to New York, we drove there, and on the way back, we said, hey, let's go to um, Canada, to the Niagara Falls, and let's go watch that, right? That'd be cool. And she's like, yeah, let's do that. And when we got there, it was cool because you could see the Niagara Falls and stuff, and it was like this massive thing. And I was like, oh, cool, water gushing. We seen it. Couldn't appreciate it from where we were standing. They had these things, these metal things, and and you could look through them, and it changes the view, and it brings the Niagara Falls very close to you and makes them massive. And all of a sudden, you see people next to the Niagara Falls and how small they are in comparison. But I couldn't see that before because I wasn't looking through the right lens. It changed everything, all because of changing the point of view. See, when we look through the right lens, all of a sudden, we can see life through the right perspective. We can see life through the right lens. And when we can do that, I'm telling you, it'll change the way you feel. It'll change you emotionally. It'll change your attitude. It'll change everything. 
everything. So this is Paul's goal in this passage as well. He wants to change the way you see your life. He wants to change the way you see your life. He wants to reorient um, the way you see your present situation. So he says, in view of God's mercy, we have a new lens. We're looking at life through God's mercy. You ever see people that are always optimistic and happy? And I question those people sometimes. Like, that's suspicious. What does life have to give you that you can be so happy about? What's wrong with you? What are you trying to get from me? Right? We look at them through it like really suspicious sometimes, don't we? Like, what's wrong with that person? Way too happy. But deep down inside, we desire that. And you know what I found out? That some of these people just see life differently than I do. And I desire to see life through that lens. Which means I have to start cutting away some of these strings, my past. I've got to start cutting all that stuff away so I can actually see things through the right perspective, which is God's mercy. If I looked at life through God's mercy, why would I walk around with my head down? If I understood everything that God has given me, if I understood that today, right now, this moment is a gift, then why would I walk around like Eeyore all the time? Some of you, just like me at times, has this Eeyore kind of faith. God is good all the time except for this time and this other time and this other time but that you know I, I understand I mean it is what it is it's my cross to bear right and we walk around defeated we gotta stop doing that we gotta stop being victims of life start being victors of it Start claiming what is ours, the hope. God's mercy changes the way we see things. Maybe God's mercy looks a little bit like AJ's glasses. I'm just shocked because I don't think I've ever seen you in glasses. It still throws me off. I'm like, who is this intelligent figure on the stage? And then he takes off his glasses. I'm like, oh, <laughs> That's AJ. <laughs> Had the intelligence thing all wrong. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Oh. Many of us walk around grumbling and complaining over our present circumstances. We do. I do it. I do it. You are not satisfied with your lot in life, and so we try and do things on our own. That's what we do. We, it, it's crazy. When, when things start getting tough, what's the first things that we, we start to do? We start to snip all the things that we think are, well, this, this Christianity thing didn't work. God didn't work, so I'm going to do my own thing now. Paul invites us to see things differently, to stop trying to be in control and, and, and stop trying to please ourselves all the time and to see things in a different view. He sent his one and only son, that's God's mercy, to die on a cross because of God's mercy. That's God's mercy, okay? He has offered us a fresh start in the form of repentance. Why? Because of God's mercy. He loves us unconditionally. Why? Because of God's mercy. This alone can change our present by helping us to move our focus from what we want to have done for us to the things that God has already done for us. See, when we turn our attention to the mercy of God, then we are compelled to live our lives as living sacrifices, that's what Paul's saying basically, okay, that are holy and pleasing to him. 
This concept of sacrifice is filled with imagery and history for the audience that Paul is speaking to at that time. All right? So you see, a sacrifice involved the taking of a life of an animal, whether a goat, sheep, bird, whatever, okay? And, and that animal's blood would atone for the sins of the people. And that life would cover the life of the one performing the sacrifice. You guys understand that? that that's, that's the whole thing. That, that's, that's kind of Christianity wrapped up in a little uh, visual for you. <laughs> a very crazy visual. It involved death and it offered life. This is why Jesus' death was considered the ultimate sacrifice for all humanity, for every single human in history. So why is Paul using this imagery for us and why a living sacrifice? And I think we kind of get a glimpse of this in Psalms, uh, Psalm 51, 16 and 17. Why a living sacrifice? That's the question. And this, I believe, gives us some insight. It says this, for you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. The author of Psalm 51 is shedding light on the real reason for uh, the sacrificial system that the Jews had in place. It was not about the sacrifice itself. It was more about the heart behind the sacrifice. The true sacrifice of a follower of Jesus is a contrite heart and an obedient spirit. That's a true sacrifice. That is what Jesus desires. That's what God our Father desires. That's what he's looking for. Now, since Jesus has paid all of our debts with his blood on the cross. Paul calls us to be the living sacrifices. That is actually more difficult than being a dead one. You guys know that? Being a living sacrifice is more difficult than being a dead sacrifice. Okay? A dead sacrifice has no choice in the matter. Has no choice in the matter. It has to stay on the altar. A dead sacrifice just is dead. It just lays there. It doesn't do anything. But a living sacrifice can crawl back off the altar whenever it wants to. A living sacrifice has the choice to walk away. A living sacrifice says, no, I don't want to do that. Or, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to be obedient. That is a living sacrifice. Paul says, in view of God's mercy, to live as a living sacrifice. Live a life right now in the present under the rule and reign of love and be repentant and obedient to God. Paul goes on in this passage from uh, uh, Romans to give us the ultimate outcome of living this, this sacrificial life in verse 2 of uh, Romans 12. It says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The world around us has all these patterns. And these patterns lead to a broken life. That's what it does. Do you know that your behavior is pretty predictable? Why? Because you have a pattern that you go down and have lived. However, whatever your age you are, if you're 20 years old, you have patterns living up to the age of 20. For 20 years, your life has set up certain patterns. Your parents can probably tell you how you're going to react if they tell you something. I already know how they're going to react. I can already tell a lot of times I can look at my kids and go, ooh, if I say this, this is how this one's going to react. This is how this one's going to react. This is how this one's going to react. This one and this one. Yes, five kids. Five very different reactions. The world is marked by patterns of greed, selfishness, pride, envy, and gossip. These patterns are 
easy to fall into and can be so hard to change, to break them. They are called patterns because they are routine and often done mindlessly. But also because these patterns can be identified and changed. That's the great thing about a pattern. If you can identify the pattern, do you understand that? If you can identify the patterns in your life, then you can start to change those patterns. Which brings us to our second point, this. Changing your patterns will change your life. We keep doing the same things day in and day out, expecting uh, different outcomes. You know what that is? That's crazy. That's straight up insane. Like, I keep acting the same way. I keep doing the same thing and wanting different things in my life. And they're not changing. Why? Because you're living life by a given pattern. And that pattern has an outcome. And you can't change that. But you can change the pattern. With a little attention, patterns can be easily identified. And it is a skill that we have been learning from childhood. It is. How many of you guys do puzzles? How many of you guys ever looked at math equations? How many of you ever said, okay, if I give you a red spoon, green spoon, red spoon, green spoon, red spoon, green spoon, red spoon, what's next? Oh, man, you guys are so intelligent. You guys identified a pattern, right? And that pattern predicts the next move. Your life is a pattern, and it predicts the next move. To identify patterns, sometimes we have to change our perspective. Sometimes we have to rise up, look through a different lens. Perhaps this is the reason that Paul tells us to see life in view of God's mercy. When we understand God's love and mercy for us, we find the reason to transform our lives and to renew our minds, which is simply just changing our patterns, changing the patterns. How many of you guys know you can choose one pattern today and you can change it in your life and start to let that be a new routine? And once you get the hang of that, identify another pattern. Change that and let that be a new routine. Wouldn't it be nice if the good things in life became mindless? If the way we thought about things were, were in a good way instead of a negative way all the time? Well, we can change the patterns in our lives. We can change that. So maybe you have developed a, a pattern of talking down to yourself whenever you make a mistake. Some of you got that bad pattern, don't you? You make a mistake, you, you do something wrong, and instantly you start cutting yourself with words, with the things you tell yourself. It always leads to feeling depressed and anxious. You know that? If you look in the mirror and you tell yourself that you're no good, do you know the outcome? Why? Because you see the pattern. The pattern predicts the outcome. The outcome is depression and anxiety. So break the pattern. Do not conform to it any longer. That is what Paul is saying. Do not conform to this world any longer. Maybe you notice the pattern of telling lies to people around you. Do you know that lies leads to telling more lies? That's a pattern. So maybe you need to break the pattern. you're going to continually lie, that leads to a deceptive lifestyle. And a deceptive lifestyle becomes very stressful. So break the pattern. Do not conform to it any longer. Maybe you've seen a pattern of laziness in your life. Not anybody in here, though, right? I mean, you guys made it here on Sunday, so there's none of that. And if you did find a pattern of laziness, maybe it has produced a spirit of apathy towards your work, family, and dreams. In view of God's mercy, do not continue that pattern. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
you have patterns in your life. How many of you guys know if you continue to drink at work, you're probably going to get fired, right? I mean, it's, it's an easy pattern to figure out. We already got this thing figured out. We know the outcomes of our lives already. So if you want a different outcome, change the pattern. Change it. Break it and experience this new life, this new creation that we talked about. And I'll conclude with this. I'll have the worship team coming up. My third point is this. In order to, when we start wanting to change our patterns and live a new life, then what we're trying to do in a sense is this. We're trying to trade your will for the will of God. That's what we're doing. Do you understand that? That when, when we start to change these patterns and break all these things, what we're trying to do is go, okay, this is my will. I'm going to pull this block out, and I want the will of God placed in there and so that I can have the outcome that God wants in my life. Do you understand that's how it works? See, it's simple. It is so simple when you start to break it down, but it is not easy. It is not easy. See, the ultimate outcome of a sacrificial life and a renewed mind is the ability to distinguish the will of God from your present will, from yourself, from the things you tell yourself. How many in this room today have struggled wondering what decision to make today about this thing or that thing? How many of you have struggled with the decision in this last week? Do I do this or do I do that? How many of us want to do what God wants us to do when it comes to our career, when it comes to serving others, when it comes to loving our families, when it comes to investing our energy and our resources and our money? Paul says that the best way to the will of God is by trading our own will and creating better patterns in our lives. Is this making sense to anybody today? I believe God wants you to have an awesome life. I mean, this is, this is his word. His word says, you know what? I died on the cross so that you may have life and have it abundantly. But the problem is a lot of you have life, but you don't know the abundance part. You know the abundance of shame, guilt, sorrow, pain. But we don't know the abundance of what it is that God wants for us, has for us, been preparing for us. We can start to take these blocks out of our lives and start to put in the will of God. If we were to trade in time and energy that you use to spend on the old patterns in your life and that we trade that in for to create new patterns with better outcomes what would life look like for you when love wins and mercy has been placed in your heart over the lens of your eyes you start to spend time in prayer. You start to desire to read scripture. You want to serve others. These are the patterns. These are the outcomes for these new patterns, people. These are the outcomes for these new patterns that you're placing in your life. You begin to listen to the voice of God. You begin to recognize the voice of God instead of your own voice. Because I'm telling you, a lot of you are struggling with, hey, is this my voice or is this the voice of God? Well, the easiest way to understand is to, under, to be able to recognize the voice of God, which is you need to be in prayer. You need to uh, read his word. See, when we start to do that, all of a sudden we, we are talking to him more. We're having more conversations with him, and when we can have more conversations, it's easier to recognize his voice in a crowd. How many of you right now, if your father or your mother were in a big crowd in a, in a, in a mall before COVID and all that other stuff, when we were all in these big old crowds and all this noise, and all of a sudden your mom would yell at you and you would hear from across the room? 
Your dad would yell and you would hear him from across the room. Your ears become in tune with that person who you give an authority to over your life. Are your ears in tune with the voice of God? If not, then start breaking some of these patterns so that would be the outcome. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. How many of you guys need a straight path today? I would love a straight path in my life. I know life seems like it's giving you all these curveballs and things, right? On ramps and off ramps and this and that. Man, Lord, just make way, make my path straight and clear. And he would say to us, well, start changing your patterns. Start hearing my voice. Start recognizing my voice. Trust is a hard thing to teach, uh, to teach and an even harder thing to learn. You already know that if you have kids. We've all been kids and trusting our, our parents and our parents trying to teach us how to, how to trust, who to trust and who not to trust. I mean, it's a, it's a complicated thing. But if we're going to live the full life that God has for us, if we're going to live up to that potential that God has for each and every single one of us, then we must trust his love. We got to let that love win in our lives and over our present right now. So whatever you're struggling with, whatever you have, I want to invite you to pray. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes today. I want to pray with you. I want to ask you to offer up to God the old patterns that you have noticed in your life. The old patterns. Start recognizing, start looking at them as like building blocks, maybe dominoes where they're all stacked next to each other and, it, and you hit one and it just keeps falling. So if you want a better outcome, you got to pick up a block, replace your will with God's will. And you keep doing that a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Right now, you already noticed some patterns in your life that need to be changed. Pick one. Pick one. If you're online, close your eyes, bow your heads. You already know the patterns that are leading to the wrong things in your life. So pick one. Pick one right now, today. And I do, I, I offer the altars to you. If you're at home, bow down on your couch. Let's come to the Lord. If you come to the altars, just be mindful and space out and, and give these things to God. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to recognize these patterns in our lives. That you would help us to Visualize us pulling those, those blocks out right now, one at a time. And replacing them with your will, God. And you know the amazing thing when we do this one at a time, eventually your life, your heart, the way you do things will be filled with the will of God. You'll have more of that than of, than, than of your own will. Because you keep giving yourself away. See, that's what we're doing when we pick up our patterns. We hand them to the Lord and we grab his new block and we put it down. We are slowly giving ourselves to him. That's a living sacrifice. We are choosing one step at a time, Lord, I am coming towards you. I am living for you. And I believe that his mercy, his grace will be bestowed upon you in a way that you have never imagined before, that you've never felt before.
before. Because, why? Because you've never been an actual living sacrifice. So Father, I pray today that you would help me as a pastor in this church and every pastor in this place to help people live to their fullest potential. Their fullest God-given potential. I pray that you give every person vision over their lives and still a mission in their lives, Lord. Over their careers, over their finances, over their families, Lord. And then you begin living a life of repentance and obedience. Repentance and obedience. Let's form new patterns today. That's what today's about. So that we can have a better tomorrow. Amen? I invite you to stand, sit, whatever you got to do, meditate on the word for a minute. If you're still wondering what patterns, then just allow God to speak to you as we sing this song together. Amen. Thanks for joining us. I hope this message blessed you. Our goal is to connect you to God's people, God's word, and his mission for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Again, that's glfirst.org. Hope to see you next week. God bless.